Good morning. It's Friday, November 20th. I'm Duarte Geraldino. And I'm Shamita Basu. This is Apple News Today. Each morning, hear about some of the most fascinating stories in the news and how the world's best journalists are covering them. Today, President Trump is meeting with Republican leaders of the Michigan House and Senate at the White House. This face-to-face is happening ahead of Monday's scheduled vote to certify the state's election results. President-elect Joe Biden is up in Michigan by about 150,000 votes. He's projected to win the state's 16 electoral votes. And as the Washington Post reports, Trump's strategy is no longer about winning votes outright. Instead, the plan appears to be to delay the process. The Washington Post says the goal of postponing the certification of results is to cast doubt on Biden's victory. And the Post reports he's going so far as to ask Republicans to, quote, manipulate the electoral system on his behalf. But experts in electoral law say it would be extremely difficult for Trump to actually succeed in changing the results of the election. States are close to wrapping up their vote counts and certifying the results. And as Politico explains, this happens at different times in various states. Georgia, for example, is set to certify its results tonight. They finished their hand recount yesterday, confirming Biden won. Some other key states that Biden won include Michigan, Pennsylvania, Arizona, Nevada, and Wisconsin. They'll all recertify their results by December 1st. Then we move on to the last stage of this process, appointing electors to officially cast their votes in the Electoral College. Now, to be clear, it's not like these electors are being picked out of the blue right now. They've already been chosen by state legislatures well before Election Day. And when electors are picked, they are largely bound to vote for the candidate who won their state's popular vote. Also, as Politico explains, there's almost no plausible scenario where a Republican legislature could override their state's results. Plus, Republican state lawmakers across many states have already said they would not get behind this strategy. Joe Biden spoke yesterday at a press conference in Wilmington, Delaware, and he reacted to Republican efforts to deny the results of the election and delay the transition. It's hard to fathom how this man thinks. It's hard to fathom. I'm confident he knows he hasn't won and is not going to be able to win, and we're going to be sworn in on January 20th. At the end of the day, Politico says the concern is not so much about Trump overturning the election. The bigger concern is the risk of a long-term breakdown of public trust in the electoral process. You know, Dorote, someone in New York City said to me the other day, my kid can't go to school, but I can walk into a bar right now and get a drink. And it's true. Yesterday, New York City, the nation's largest school district, suspended in-person learning because of the recent surge in COVID-19 cases. And it moved all of its students to remote learning. But the city hasn't ordered bars, restaurants or gyms to close their doors. And this is happening in states and cities across the country. In Europe, it's the opposite. Schools are the last to close in a lot of countries. So what's going on with our priorities here in the U.S.? Vox's Anna North writes, So far, evidence suggests schools are not a major source of coronavirus outbreaks or viral spread. So your question, Shemita, is on point. And it is true that restaurants, bars, and gyms have been connected to outbreaks. One recent study that used cell phone location data found businesses like bars and restaurants 
were among the most significant contributors to viral spread earlier this year. Mm. And North says it comes down to what's going to be less harmful to the economy. Earlier this year, when businesses were closed, at least there was money from the CARES Act to help out. For people who'd gotten laid off, it added extra unemployment benefits plus stimulus checks. But those expanded unemployment benefits ended in July, and it doesn't look like another form of stimulus is anywhere on the horizon. A tax policy researcher at the Urban Institute tells Vox that more shutdowns will likely mean another spike in unemployment. Closing schools, on the other hand, doesn't have the same economic effect, at least not immediately. Teachers are not out of a job when school buildings close down. They can teach from home. Mm-hmm. And the virus won't cause public schools to close permanently, whereas a lockdown could mean many businesses never open up again. Meanwhile, in many European countries like England and Germany, closing schools is the absolute last resort in curbing the spread of the virus. The Wall Street Journal reports their leaders have listened to policymakers who say the social cost of school closures is too much of a strain on families, especially those with working parents. In France, Italy and Spain, they introduced new mask mandates specifically for classrooms, and they've closed schools in particular areas where cases have ticked up. Anna North argues here in the U.S., local leaders have no good choices. Without a safety net for businesses and their workers, mayors and governors don't feel they can responsibly shut them down without serious and long-lasting economic damage. As Vox explains, the country needs a plan that allows us to prioritize both our students and workers at the same time. Yazzie, she was just 18 years old when she died on Easter Sunday of COVID. She was a senior at an arts high school and loved to dance, draw and sing and act. And she never got to go to prom. Michael had just started college at the University of Dayton. He hoped to become an entrepreneur. He had no pre-existing conditions when he contracted COVID. And without warning, he went into cardiac arrest, then a coma, and then he died. Adeline had fulfilled a lifelong dream. She always wanted to be a doctor. She was 28 years old when she was put on an ER rotation, contracted COVID, and after weeks of being sick, she also died. These are just three of the stories told by ABC News. A quarter million people in the U.S. have died from COVID-19. And even though the majority of them were over 65 years old, young people are not immune. More than 400 people in the United States between the ages of 15 and 24 have died from the virus. And more than 1,700 people between 25 and 34 years old. ABC News spoke to the families of Yazzie, Michael, and Adeline. Michael's mom told ABC... Young people just don't realize they can be hit so hard because it's not as common among their peers. Yazzie's sister, who's just 21 years old, told ABC, she never thought her family would go through this. They thought they were being very careful. And Adeline's mom said her message to other young Americans is wear a mask, social distance, and most importantly, stay home. She described how helpless she felt watching her daughter hooked up to every possible machine, turning white, gasping for air. And for people who still may not be convinced of the risks, she says, just call her. She'll tell you how devastating it's been for her family.
Are you planning to travel for Thanksgiving or get together with family and friends who are not part of your household? Public officials are nearly unanimous in saying, don't do it, don't do it, make other plans. Just yesterday, the CDC made an official recommendation that people in the U.S. should not travel for Thanksgiving. People say they're planning to, too. According to The Wall Street Journal, about 50 million people say they have plans to travel for the holiday. That's only 10 percent fewer people than last year. And an estimated 2.4 million people in the U.S. are planning to fly. Officials aren't just warning against it. They are pleading with the public to change their plans. Stay home. Put off having a big Thanksgiving this year so that everyone can stay healthy for holidays and years to come. But if you're set on your plans, PBS NewsHour offers some guidance on how to think about navigating the holiday safely. First, the best thing to have done was to start quarantining about a week ago for at least 14 days before you travel. And if you weren't able to quarantine but are maybe planning to take a COVID test before you travel, just keep in mind it is not foolproof. It does take a while for the virus to register in your system, which means you can test negative today but be positive tomorrow. So if you do plan to rely on tests, don't just get tested once. Do it a few times around your travel to be safer. And finally, if the weather is nice, go outside, gather outdoors, wear a mask, keep your distance. You can find all these stories and more in the Apple News app. Next week, we're bringing you a series we're calling Life in Lockdown. We'll talk about how the pandemic has impacted working parents, our romantic relationships, and increased social isolation. Have a great weekend.